What up wankers? Welcome to another episode of Games Master Revisited, the fortnightly show that takes a quizzical look back at every episode of Channel 4's groundbreaking TV series, Brookside. I mean, <laughs> Games Master. Oh my god, can we do a Brookside app? Did they have a video game? Like Neighbours? I'm, I'm going to have to look this up now, aren't Maybe I? like <laughs> you had to hide the body under the patio or something without anyone noticing. <laughs> That's literally the only thing I remember yes, about Brookside. So and also, <laughs> Anna Friel having a lesbian kiss. That's, oh, that's yes. yeah. yeah. That's my only Brookside knowledge. <laughs> it's going to be one of those two things that they placed a video game on. Yeah, yeah, 100%. We'll find, I will find out. <laughs> Next week, I will report back if there's a Brookside game. Yes, please do, please do. <laughs> so, as you've probably heard, I am joined by <laughs> Becky this week. She's come back from a, after a little break. Hello. Uh, how are you doing, Becky? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Um, I finally recovered from the Neighbours video game, um, <laughs> so I good. felt ready to join you in the uh, Sega action chair again. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't want people to think I record this in a Sega action chair. I do, don't you? It might explain some of the production values <laughs> that I put in there, <laughs> flailing around wildly. Yeah, I don't actually own a Sega action chair. I showed it to, to Danny, my partner, and he was just like, what the hell? I was like, yeah. Yeah. All this time later, I still don't understand it. No. It defies logic. Logic, gravity, common sense. <laughs> it just can't possibly work. <laughs> Ergonomics. <laughs> if I had, if I didn't have like a mortgage and children to worry about, I'd try and buy a Sega action chair just to see what it's like. <laughs> Probably bet. not built for like an adult. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I like my bum can barely fit into like adult chairs. So. Then, then again, um, Jimmy was big enough to fit in it. True. In the Sega advert, so he was very true. A, I don't know how tall Jimmy is. I reckon, I reckon Jimmy's a small man. I, I Possible. think Jimmy's, yeah, Jimmy's got small man syndrome energy. I was about to say, yeah, small man syndrome. <laughs> He's overcompensating a little bit. Yeah, with his vests and his trailer. His little ninja sidekick. It's a bit <laughs> weird. But this isn't the Jimmy podcast. <laughs> this is the Games Master Revisited podcast. I remember the last time you were on, you brought up something about the Games Master Club phone number. Yes. And how you said that people needed to dial carefully. Yes. So I have spent the entire time since then trying to work this one out. Oh, really? And I couldn't actually find anything to suggest they had issues with oh, the number. Oh, that's a shame. It seems like it was a precaution that they had to take yeah. because they're audience was predominantly children yeah no like, that makes sense they're not worried about getting parents permission they're worried about them phoning somebody else and them not getting the money off them yeah <laughs> i think that's the thing <laughs> that is a good way of explaining it in my head though they're secretly like one digit off a sex line and that's why it's an issue so i'm just gonna make that my own personal like headmaster headmaster no games master headcanon <laughs> yeah your headmaster <laughs> sex line your headmaster oh god it's, oh dear. it's Friday night. Let's move on. Yes. So, <laughs> on the topic of like very similar numbers, I did look up the Games Master Club number to see what it was doing these days. Oh. And I discovered it's used for the Spanish consulate in London. Oh, wow. It's just really weird. <laughs> I wonder if they get any phone calls from like people trying to get <laughs> stuff from the Games Master Club still. There's just one guy called Miguel who's like covering the Games Master phone. <laughs> Like, no, yeah, we well, can't send you a t-shirt. <laughs> no, the, the kit competition is over now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kit competition, that still hasn't re-emerged. Re no, still, they haven't declared No more reminders. <laughs> they just left it. <laughs> I want to know. I, hopefully we will find out the winner in the finale like they promised yeah, us. Yeah, I do hope so. Uh, 
the show opens with a rather weird shot of people walking to their seats. Yeah. It, are they late for the recording? I thought that. I was like, are they like shaming latecomers into the recording? Is that what's happening here? It must be because there's no reason you draw attention to that otherwise. Why would you want to, people to see that? No, exactly. People like filing in late. Unless they, they skipped, like they didn't get a good enough shot of Dominic on the organ before they, they cut to him later. But I thought it was really odd. I was like, why? Why? Because it wasn't even a particularly like well-framed shot. It was just no. literally like a very bog-standard on a tripod watching people file into the recording shot. It's weird. Yeah, like they hadn't picked up the camera yet. Like, yeah. And there's people walking from... I think you might be right. They might not have had enough coverage for the intro so they just went fuck it yeah we'll let's just, just do this we've got some b-roll we'll just like throw that in there it'll be fine no one will notice <laughs> 30 years later on a podcast yeah well we are we spotted you yeah we're very savvy to their tricks now we're all about the details and <laughs> weird things so after that weird moment uh, dominic welcomes us to games master saying this is this took me a while to get my head around but mm. He said, it's the kind of show your mother warned you about and your grandmother kept under her favourite chair next to her mint humbugs. Am I being naive? (laughs) I don't... Is it supposed to be porn? Like, is that the implication here? That's the thing, yeah, because the mother bit makes you think it must be something naughty. Like, you'd think either drugs or something sexual. Yeah. Because... But being games master, I assume sexual. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's where my head went because you know, butt plugs. But I was yeah. like, why, "Why is your grandma and hiding grandmother. porn?" It's <laughs> like <laughs> so the grandmother bit threw me. I was like, "Wait, what?" Completely. Because I was. Why is she keeping this under her chair? And why? Why next to the humbugs? Like whatever it is, you don't want to mix it up with mint humbugs. Because yes, yeah. <laughs> Like, that if you could visited be your grandma and said, "Oh, I've got something for you," pulled out the <laughs> pulled out a butt plug. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you want the minty mint one. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was rather tame for introductions, but it was very puzzling. It was really weird because it does see. It did seem like you were suggesting something, and then the grandmother thing kind of throws you. <laughs> yeah. But then it makes you wonder if he's throwing his grandmother under the bus or our <laughs> grandmother, in fact. Yeah. Don't say that about my grandmother, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I d- I'm pretty sure my grandmother... Well, actually, no. She did have a very extensive Mills and Boone collection. Yeah, that could be it. Games Master is the Mills and Boone of TV shows. I mean, it works, actually. Yeah, that kind of does work, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like shame- shameless sexual innuendos and metaphors that don't work. It 100% works. Actually, yeah. That, that's, yeah. Maybe that is it. Oh, my God. Have we cracked the case. Well, we did it. <laughs> I thought this was going to take the entire episode to work out because I was like, just no, but no, we got no, it. No, it was my, my it. grandma's extensive Fabio cover <laughs> set. <Yeah. laughs> nope, there we have it, folks. Yep. You heard it here Dominic first. Diamond is Fabio. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure he'd really like me saying that. Oh, no, it's, it's got to be Jazz Rignall with his extra long mullet. Like, oh yeah, actually, yeah. I bet he's he's the Fabio. There's lots of raw sexual energy whenever he's on. <laughs> <laughs> Can you have raw sexual energy with a mullet? <laughs> well, we'll find out. <laughs> After that very weird intro, uh, he he just helps establish what Games Master is. It's full of games, reviews, tips and challenges, and a lovely little souffle recipe from his auntie Marisha. Yeah. Don't know why he threw that in there. No, 
I think he's got hung up on the family thing. And it seems quite innocent at first, but what he follows it up with definitely <laughs> makes it rude. Yeah, so so he does say like it'd be delivered piping hot into your, your inviting lap, yeah. which is interesting in itself, and a lot of information to take on so quickly. <laughs> but then he throws to Games Master, who he says has had his anti-souffle and came back for seconds. Yeah. And that's when I thought, ah. Yeah, well. I was like, oh, <laughs> we're talking about that kind of souffle. But also, is it a cheese souffle? Because, you <laughs> Is it a chocolate souffle? In which case, meh. Um, like, I, I don't know. I just, I got really hung up on the souffle as a metaphor. He did say it very much like how I remember The Rock used to refer to pies on episodes of Smackdown. He's <laughs> like very much insinuating something which he couldn't say at that time of day on television yeah i was like okay yeah because he did like an eyebrow raise with it as he said it and i was like oh no i don't (laughs) really want souffle to be a euphemism for anything because it's either light and fluffy or flat and soggy like famously exactly i didn't think of that oh no as for the metaphors you're gonna go for I, I just I feel like there are better culinary ones. Pie being one of them. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> it, it did raise the question whether Games Master had nailed Dominic Diamond's ante. Because <laughs> uh, I think it was the last episode me and Chip recorded, we believed, it was our theory, that Games Master's genitals were on his back because he, he had them. I should assumed. have listened to that episode before I came <laughs> here. Yeah, I'm sorry to spring that on you, but that's... that's we, just, yeah, we were trying to work out how he would have genitals because he's just a giant head. So we just figure they must be at the back where we don't see. Uh, I'm not trying to picture that. Let's move on quickly. Please. <laughs> so, Games Master himself, he appears, thank God, with no genitals in sight. Aside from the butt plug. Oh, actually, no, there are butt plugs later in this one. I think that shows up later. I've stopped keeping track of the butt yeah, plugs. Yeah, there was what? only two this episode, I think. Oh, God. Mm. Well, at least Chip will be happy that you're keeping track of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> so he welcomes us to his kingdom, which he's very firmly established. It is a kingdom now and not just a church, I guess. Okay, not a pleasure dome either, or whatever it was not called. Not pleasure. He dropped that real quick. Okay, good. Because <laughs> we don't want Dominic's auntie staying there. Oh, God, no. Like, <laughs> the... No, if we're not having anybody's auntie visit the Pleasure Dome <laughs> with their souffles, oh, whatever state they're in. I regret that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Becky won't be here next week, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, Games Master welcomes us to his kingdom. He says it's where games are generated and challenges are conceived. Only half of that statement is actually true because oh. no games are generated here. They're all made elsewhere. I missed the conception. Yeah, the conceived bit. I was like, <sighs> I didn't linger on that because I was thinking, hold on, he's lying about that bit. His games aren't <laughs> generated here at all, are they? So the first challenge, it was Strider. Three minutes to make it to the boss and defeat it with one life. The level is the Russian city of Kazakh, which is based on St. Petersburg in the original arcade game, I believe. Uh, the boss in question is a giant mechanical snake that's wielding a hammer and a sickle just in case you didn't think games were political back then <laughs> it's not subtle but it was political in russia games play you it's like what i don't know i'm trying to pass what they were saying there but yeah, you know, I mean, giant metal snake communism i don't know okay, i'm not communism is the giant metal snake of politics we'll go with that yeah sure it's, it's, it's not it's not the mills and boone thing, <laughs> but we can't, can't all be hits <laughs> so Strider has actually appeared on two separate consultation zone segments, so that kind of indicates that it's apparently a pretty tough game, hmm. which like that helps inform you 
that this is going to be a tough challenge. Strider was developed and published by Capcom. It was initially released in arcades in 1989, but it was ported to the Sega Mega Drive in 1990, among other systems. The version they are playing is going to be the Mega Drive version. I took a note of the reviews released at the time, and Strider got a review average of 88.6%, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. They actually got uh, two perfect scores from Asu Games and Video Game Magazine. That's just the name. I didn't just run out of ideas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a generic video, video game. Video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're both from uh, Portugal, incidentally. So oh. po- the Portuguese fucking love Strider, apparently. Excellent. Whereas Germany, we're having none of it. <laughs> <laughs> Germany's Power Player Magazine gave it the lowest score with a 68%. Ooh. I wonder if the, the communist metaphors were a bit too on the nose for... Germany yeah, recovering maybe at that time. Of, yeah. yeah, I think so. That might be. <laughs> this is actually the second time I've noticed a German magazine give a low score for an otherwise well-received game on this show. They did it with, um, I think it was Robo. No, it wasn't RoboCard. No, I'm not going to remember that. Fuck it. Uh, it was. They did give a low score for a game. So the Germans are hard to please, basically. Yeah, they are really hard to please. Whereas the Portuguese are just fucking throw out 100 percent to anybody. Apparently, we love it. <laughs> Five stars. I am far more like a Portugal. Portugal. <laughs> I'm far more like a Portuguese man, apparently, because I give out 10 out of 10s a lot. Yeah, same. By this point, Dominic introduces the contender. It is Chevron Haas. And what? I'm just going to say he's a cool fucking kid. He's so... <laughs> what a name. What a walk. What a hairstyle. Just... He just... Just cool as a cucumber. He exuded confidence. It wasn't arrogance. It was just confidence. Yeah, he knew his stuff. He was like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, that's all he did. Like, Dom asked if he was confident he could do it, and he just said yes. Yeah. He didn't say, and no bullshit, yeah. no... Straight to the point. Yeah, he just said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could never aspire to be that confident in anything. No, me neither. He had the quiet confidence of a much older man, <laughs> and it intimidated me a little bit. So, <laughs> but I, I was very much like, I hope this kid does well, because he's very cool, Same. and I want him to like me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be if friends. you're listening, Chevron. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> <laughs> So um, Sega Power's Neil West was in the commentary pulpit. Uh, Neil emphasises that this is a near impossible challenge. His advice is to make full use of power-ups. He says the droids can do a lot of the fighting for you if you can find them. So there's really laying on the fucking (laughs) pressure on poor Chevron here, but Chevron's unflappable, I feel. It's fine. He's he's got it. Whatever it is, he has it. We don't know what it is because we'll never have it. He's got it and he... (laughs) isn't sharing a damn thing. (laughs) He's just keeping it to himself. So this challenge begins and Chevron takes a hit fairly early on, but he's handling most of the enemies well. He manages to find one of these droids and he hammers the first boss, which apparently it's an optional boss. He finds it like hidden away, just kicks the absolute shit out of that guy. (laughs) At this point, um, Neil West mistakenly thinks he's down to half energy because there's a red part on the bar. But I, I worked out that the red bar part of the bar is actually for the droid that just indicates how much of the droid you're allowed to use uh-huh. it sits on top of the green health so it's not actually replacing anything so good spot neil west doesn't know what he's talking about yeah fucking idiot neil chevron keeps going he makes he finds a shortcut somehow i don't know he's just it's got so much is happening on screen at once this is what i remember about strider it was a very busy game yeah visually. i really <laughs> struggled to follow what was happening or who was strider or he was hitting what and at one point i thought the droid was something that was about to attack him and was like no chevron and then realized no it's the droid and i was like 
you know what? I'm just going to sit back and let this play out because I have no idea what's yeah. going on. Yeah, play by play was impossible. I was just like, what the fuck? I just wait for the big beats to happen. Yeah. He did find a shortcut somehow. I wouldn't have known that unless commentary mentioned it. He finds the boss and then <laughs> before Neil can even finish explaining the concept of the battle, <laughs> Chevron's fucking killed him. Yeah, he's just like... <laughs> the no. boss is gone. <laughs> just done. Bossed it. 45 whole seconds to spare. Yeah. Like, wasn't even close he just nailed this thing <laughs> completely it was like no sweat at all he didn't look just, he didn't even look tense like no. he was just like yeah it's done it's just, that was just an absolute horror <laughs> I, I don't think i've seen another challenge done this effectively and this quickly apart from um the ducktales one which the was the ducktales one was close he, yeah it was he wasn't quite as like smooth as chevron but yeah i was i just really like it when i get one of these challenges where they do really well it just makes me feel really happy. It's like, oh, you succeeded. I'm so proud of you. The amount of times me and Chip are on an episode and we don't see the Games Master Golden Joystick appear, <laughs> it's like torture. It is nice to see when a kid succeeds because like, sometimes they stack the deck too hard against them. Mm. Sometimes the kids aren't skillful enough. This time, it seems like they did stack the deck against him, but Chevron, yeah, just cool He's as a fucking cucumber. Just fucking blasted through the deck before i could even comprehend what was happening on the screen he's <laughs> yeah. done it i was like wait what yeah like, i had oh. to watch it twice to make sense of it he oh okay cool it's like, yeah good on you chevron nice absolute you absolute lad hero that takes us to our reviews because the, there's no more challenge to do. They had 45 seconds left to kill, so yeah, like, let's get on to oh, the reviews. Okay. I really do think it impacted the timing of the episode because it felt like it flew by after that. Like, I, yeah. It was only 45 seconds, but... That's all it takes. <laughs> One really good kid playing a Capcom game. It's happened before <laughs> with DuckTales. Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. I'm just, I'm in awe of these kids. I would never have been able to do that at that age. Oh, God, like, no. I was not even now. No, not uh, definitely not now. God, my reflexes are <laughs> in the dirt. So the reviews this week are for flight simulations. Which, yay. yay! Everyone's favourite subject. <laughs> <laughs> the first game is Birds of Prey. This was released for the Amiga and DOS in 1991, uh, developed by Argonaut Software and published by EA. So I noted Argonaut Software gave us the original Star Fox and the first few Harry Potter games for the PlayStation. <laughs> With their nightmare fuel characters. Oh, God. See our PlayStation 1 episode for more details yeah. on that, because I talk about the horror of those basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I know I real I didn't realise this, but when I looked them up, I noted them when Argonaut Software folded in 2004, many of the ex-devs in that company formed a new studio, and it was Rocksteady. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that wow. Cool. That's really cool. They did well for themselves. And it's tied into another episode of ours. <laughs> <laughs> So go listen to our Arkham Asylum yeah. episode. God, we're just firing out the plugs now. I know, it's crazy. It just all kind of comes together, apparently. So <laughs> everything's connected. Oh, it's the Matrix. So the, the reviews begin, and yeah, I immediately realised that I jinxed them for this week, and I must apologise to Becky for this. <laughs> because if people have, don't remember, in the last episode, we had our first female critic, and me and Chip thought it was, that was pretty cool to see finally and i said maybe we'll get lucky this time and becky might be on for the next female critic and she can appreciate it because she missed last week's yeah but no the first critic out is jeremy daldry of zero mag my nemesis <laughs> fucking jeremy <laughs> becky was quite vocal in her dislike of jeremy <laughs> in her first episode on this show <laughs> yeah put it mildly i had to cut quite a bit of it out to be fair <laughs> it was veering into like you know 
libel or slander or whatever. Yeah, and he immediately annoyed me in this one as well. He's like, oh, this flight simulator is like the Ferrari. of like, oh, fuck off. Go and drink some brandy and leave your joystick alone. (laughs) (laughs) So I had had fewer issues with Jeremy than uh, Becky and Chip, but he did himself no favours. (laughs) <laughs> the Ferrari of flight sims. Ugh. So he said it was. It's so horrendously complicated that you're chuffed when you get out of the hangar, and I didn't realise that's what Ferraris were known for. But <laughs> it's not a great comparison. No, exactly. Like I was expecting it to be a really like glowing review, and when he said that, I was like, "Do you not understand how this works, Jeremy?" <laughs> like, that's yeah, that's unless he really hates Ferraris. Setup, payoff. That's come on. <laughs> It needs to. They need to be connected in some way. You can't just say thing is the thing of things yeah. and say something unrelated. Jeremy. I don't know how long you've been writing for at this point in your life, Jeremy, but hopefully you've improved since then. Uh, you better have done. <laughs> <laughs> Next up was uh, Ian Streeter. He's just a regular dude. Yeah. Uh, he said it was complicated enough to be interesting, but not overcomplicated that you got bored of it. Yeah, although Fair he enough. seemed quite bored by it. Yeah, he Th- seemed this, disinterested in a lot of things. <laughs> this man did not radiate enthusiasm. In fairness, these are flight simulators. Well, yeah, it's very true. hard to get enthusiastic <laughs> about flight simulators, <laughs> even good ones. <laughs> Next up was uh, Trenton Webb of Amiga Format. I remember having a lot of issues with Trenton the last time I saw him in an episode. I think it was the same episode Jeremy was on, actually. Was it really? Oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't remember so. him. Although I misread his name this time as Trenton Weeb. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I wonder if that's nominative determinism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Christ. Oh, I would have preferred him if he was a weeb, to be honest. <laughs> but I remember having a lot of issues with it. He had a, really, a bit of a glib attitude towards things. Mm. So this feels like the ghosts of uh, Games Masters Reviews past for us right now. <laughs> Both of the guys that pissed us off yeah. <laughs> in the past. <laughs> so he says it's more of a train spotter flight sim. No, if you're more of a train spotter flight sim fan, you will love it. Ugh. Which is confusing to me, like train spotter flight sim. Fan. I think he means like anoraki, you know. Yeah, like, very like anal about yeah, the details. Yeah, really into it. It's just weird saying train spotting related to flight. Yes, <laughs> when I first watched the episode, it did take me a second to pass because I was like, I don't wait. Where are, where have the trains come from? And then it clicked like what he meant i was like ah yeah so, so far neither of the professional critics have done a very good no, job of articulating they have not clear. <laughs> the regular dude nailed it yep <laughs> so, good on him birds of prey got 80 percent, which it, i didn't get 80 percent off of the stuff they were saying nope to be honest nope i would have put it's, it at like a solid 65 based on what they were saying yeah but yeah there's nothing particularly enthusiastic about it. they were just kind of saying if you're a big fucking nerd you might like it <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, that should have been the tagline. If you're a big fucking nerd, you're going to love it. <laughs> yeah, if I ever review a flight simulator, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> the next game out was F-22 Interceptor for the Mega Drive, which was interesting. Mm. Like, flight simulator on a Mega Drive. Dominic introduces this one by saying, pick out those bogeys. Yep. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would have gone for that one as well. I thought that was quite good. It's actually nice to have a bodily function joke. It's not <laughs> jizz. So... <laughs> <laughs> or whatever was going on with the souffle. <laughs> uh, soggy bottoms. So Jeremy said it was brilliant, hours of fun, great graphics and great sound. I just don't believe you, Jeremy. I don't have much fault with Jeremy there because he was straight to the point and addresses it without being a smart ass. He just, he just praised it, which 
I think it's just he said it in his way. Yeah, it's his general demeanor. Like, uh, I'm gonna talk like. Yeah, you're really never gonna so- like no, anything I'm not. he does. I'm not. <laughs> it's, I, I'll accept that. It's just no, stupid. No, no, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Trent, Trenton Webb, he dismissed it. He he said he felt detached. He said maybe the colours were too bright. He said it felt too consolely. Uh, yeah, Trenton, because it's on a fucking console. <laughs> That that's what it's gonna feel like. You fuck off back to Amiga format if you're not gonna do this properly. Like review things on the context that they exist within. Yeah. It's a console game. Review it as a console game. Yeah. Every review I get wound up by somebody who's not reviewing it on the system that it exists on. Mm. To say, oh well, it's not very good because it's on an eight-bit console. No, just review it compared to other eight-bit games. Yes. Just fucking play this as a console game. Is it a good console game? Is it cool? That flight simulator exists on a fucking 16-bit console and not like a home computer. Yes, it is cool. Just <laughs> fucking Trenton, you dick. <laughs> Sorry. I really love that your criticisms are very much based in like how they approach their critique and and you know their general kind of journalism. And mine's just like I really don't like his face, <laughs> or his voice, or his or voice, his hair. or his hair, <laughs> or his general demeanor. <laughs> his existence offends me. <laughs> On many levels. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah. Like, you have had some experiences with Jeremy's I, I, university yeah, and such. So. Yeah, I have. Too uh, many. I've never had that problem, so <laughs> this is, it's hard for me to connect on that level. <laughs> Ian, he didn't like it because he said it felt too complicated to play on a joypad. And that seems fair. Yeah. Trenton, you fuck. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> like, yeah, he, he's used to playing these games on a computer, but... He found it difficult to play on a joypad. That's fair. He's, he's, you know, there must be a steep learning curve to playing it when you've come from a keyboard or something. Yeah. So that good on you, Ian. Like you actually knew the assignment. Yeah. Good work, Ian. Trenton. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> so F22 interceptor for the Mega Drive got 72%, and again didn't get that at all from these nope. reviews. <laughs> I don't know how they get in these percentages. I wonder if we'll ever solve that mystery. The criticism isn't matching the outcome. It's getting annoying to be honest <laughs> i take my reviews too seriously apparently and my percentages i need to let it go nah i want to i wanted to get to the bottom of how they score these things because it, it you're right it never makes sense we'll, we'll see if we can make sense of it with our final game for the week it is knights of the sky for the amiga it's a world war one flight simulator that sounds fun mm-hmm. <laughs> you know all those really cool planes they had in World War One. Yeah, I I have a point to make about one of Jeremy's comments on Ooh, on this I one. To that. <laughs> so first off was Trenton. He said it's good because it takes you back to the seat of your pants flying World War One style. That's not an actual reason something is good. I don't think. And no, there's there's lots of bad games that are set in the past. You don't you don't just praise something because it's taking you back to World War One. <laughs> it's like the Call of Duty series would have got away with a fuckload more stuff if they could. <laughs> <clears throat> Trenton. <laughs> so, so now next up is Jeremy. He says the only drawback to the game is the enemies are a bit crap and easy to take down. Yeah. Throw to you, Becky, yep. with your yep. issues. So I'm. So picture this. I'm sat here listening to Jeremy, with the context of knowing that World War One planes were basically put together out of paper and spit, and also, <laughs> yep. like they were famously known as the twenty minuters because that's how long you pilots on average lasted because the planes broke up so easily so what jeremy is actually criticizing here is a historical fact 
And if he'd paid attention to the fact it was a World War One flight simulator, he might have known this and not made himself look like a tit. If there's any fault to this game, is it's too accurate? Yeah, exactly. Maybe at the expense of being entertaining, but, you know, yeah, but you don't play flight simulators for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking find something else to play, for Christ's sake. You've got an Amiga. Fucking hell. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to dunk quite so much on the flight simulator aspect of it, but I am glad we are. <laughs> So that was a, well, you, you know me with flight simulators. I like, do. If anyone's listened to our games that made us a, no, what was it? A gaming blind spots Gaming episode, blind spots, yeah. I revealed that I committed an atrocity in Manchester City <laughs> Centre playing Microsoft Flight Simulator. So I've got issues with this genre. It's just needlessly fiddly and, you know, it's made me a criminal. It, it, it in, did. Very so. much a mass murderer. <laughs> If there was a BBC news simulator, I would be on the headlines <laughs> for that night. It would have been terrible. So, oh yeah, Knights of the Sky got 80%. Uh, Doesn't, I yeah. mean, it's hard to work out how they got to that. Did Trenton give it a perfect score or something? Yeah. And Jeremy dragged it down to 80. Then he'd, then again, he said the only drawback was the enemies were a bit crap, but he didn't say anything good about it. Yeah. So. And I, I, it's, I have it's... problems with reviews that only focus on a negative as well. Yeah, they're not giving us anything to work off. That's no. why 80% looks fucking confusing. Exactly. Jeremy. Jeremy. Trenton. <laughs> <laughs> Ian didn't even show up for this one, so he's innocent, I guess. Yeah, we'll let Ian go. That takes us to the game preview. Again, they promptly promised us two episodes ago that there'd be hardware previews for new consoles coming up. And two episodes in a row, there hasn't been a no. hardware preview. It's just it's another game preview. I'm not. I don't want to rag on this constantly, but don't promise me <laughs> a console preview if you're going to just leave it at the Neo Geo. Did you? lose your budget on the neo geo or something that <laughs> I, it's entirely possible yeah, to be fair say, but that was it they had to like <laughs> do a whip round to afford it yeah we can't afford the super nintendo right now lads <laughs> <laughs> we've got to wait until next series <laughs> <laughs> fuck but interestingly this game preview was actually on theme it is hmm. another flight simulator which was interesting it is yeah uh, dominic suggests this flight simulator will have people rubbing their helmets with glee yep yep Obviously, just referring to the pilot helmet uh-huh. and nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, <laughs> nothing weird there. That's well, they, so. Danny rewatched the episode with me just before recording the episode, and obviously heard that and just did the wheel. It's like <laughs> laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Danny! <See? laughs> I might have to bring Danny on an episode because yeah. he's like apparently he's not numbed to this sort of thing. <laughs> no, on, he, he took great umbrage with the fact it was at a church. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> but why? And I thought, like, I don't know. <laughs> I think they just had a church available. Yeah. I think that's what I've gleaned from the oral history. It's just, that's what they had for the budget. They had. Yeah. <laughs> Until they could get to bigger budgets for future series, that's all they could work with. Uh, the, the game in question for this preview, less about the helmets is the better, <laughs> it's Attack, which is actually spelled A-T-A-C. Edgy. That, it took me, took me a, a while to find this, <laughs> Googling it, because I was spelling it the way you'd think attack was spelled because uh. <laughs> i didn't see the bit at the end of the preview apparently <laughs> but the full name for this is actually attack the secret war on drugs and obviously they can't say that on a kid's show yeah so they just called it attack but they can say a lot of stuff on this show but they can't say drugs <laughs> yeah although they did refer to it like your enemies are colombian drug barons so yeah yeah apparently that's okay but you're just not allowed to yeah. name the name <laughs> so the 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 person talking about this uh, game was Julia Coombs of Micropro- Mic- Microprose Software. Well done. Uh, they're, they're the publisher of Attack. 
I thought I was going to trip over Julia Coombs, but I, <laughs> it was Microprose that got me. A woman in video games. Yeah, in a publishing position as well. Yeah, it's really exciting. Yeah, it makes a nice change from a bunch of like dull-eyed, completely lost men yes. in these previews. Yeah, she <laughs> don't know what they're doing. She actually looked like she had a bit of presence about her and like she knew the game. She was kind of, she wasn't very enthusiastic about it, but she was enthusiastic enough. I, th- I quite like Julia Coombs. She was a lot more comfortable on camera than previous people that have done previews. Like yes. The dude who did the Alien Free thing in the last episode just <laughs> looked like a deer in headlights. He was, that poor guy was, I spent, I've spent too much time ragging on him and his performance, but like it's it's not his fault. I keep saying the PR industry in video games wasn't what it is today. Mm. <laughs> this dragged in a publisher or a developer to talk about this shit. People that aren't equipped to talk on camera, like just use their words. But Julia did really well. I was I don't know if I was surprised. This is because so many times this section has gone to shit because the people <laughs> talking are terrible at their job or terrible at talking on camera. Yes. They're probably very good at their job, but they're terrible at this specific thing <laughs> that they're not trained for. So, anyway, Julia says that there are no missions in Attack. There's just an overall objective that you must work towards, bankrupting the drug barons of South America. She said they wanted to extend the parameters of current flight simulators. So it's a complex flight simulator, but it's also a strategy game. That, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, as flight simulators go, it sounded more like RPG level where you happen to be flying rather than just RPG. And obviously, like I guess you go around just kind of firing on various like bases and stuff. It sounded more interesting yeah. than just flying around yeah although the, the thing that made me would make me concerned is if you're flying around aimlessly just blowing stuff up that will get dull after well, a while yeah yeah just like imagine playing gta and just going on a rampage session it gets boring very quickly if you're not doing something yeah to propel the story forwards and if gta knew not to do that and that's like the most successful open world ip in history you can see where attack might come astray yes yeah for sure i mean then again it works for elden ring like I yes, so you just run around not know what you're doing. Yeah, so you never know. This might be the the early adopters of that technique. <laughs> well, although unfortunately, it didn't review as well as Elden oh, Ring did. Did it not? <laughs> it got a review average of sixty eight point eight percent. So maybe it did fall mm. flat in the ways I thought it might. Yeah. So I, I did notice one of the reviews discussed having reservations about the politics of the game, and I was really curious what that meant. Ooh. But I cannot find the magazine that it was published in. And it's not online anywhere, as far as I can see. I was really curious if they had issues with the idea of America destabilizing a third world country, <laughs> or if it was something they just didn't like the fact that there were politics in a video game. Because <laughs> it could go either way yeah. with gaming journalism. So oh, that is interesting. It, it's funny to see that that kind of discourse was going back all the way to the like early 90s. It probably was going on before even then, but like it's just interesting to see that an example of it in print. Yeah. I really want to find the magazine because I want to know what the issue was with the <laughs> politics. Oh yeah, we'll have to go on a hunt. I found like, almost every other issue of that magazine, but I couldn't find oh, that no. one issue. I may have to scour eBay or something because it's going to bug me. Mm. That whole section just left me feeling pretty cold and yeah. unwelcome, I guess, just because I don't like flight simulators that much and they don't like me, apparently. <laughs> Manchester certainly doesn't like you being yeah. on flight simulators. Manchester simulator hates me. <laughs> <laughs> We come now to the Celebrity Challenge. Last time, me and Chip had a great time with the Celebrity Challenge, which involved wrestling and naff British wrestlers. <laughs> so let's see how we get on with this episode. <laughs> Not to give it away, but fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Games Master opens with a little bit of Latin. It's like mens sana in corpore sano. Corpore? Corpore sano. That was it. Yeah, did you find out what that was? I did, but then I forgot to write it down. Oh. <laughs> I, I will look it up right now, because that, that might be nice to have. Yeah, because I, I, I could remember what he said. A sound mind in a sound body. Ah. So, it, it's related, yeah, sport and all stuff, because the game in question is, he calls it... Actually, a quirky new sport, baseball. Yeah, <laughs> that made me laugh so much. That was such a British colonialism moment. <laughs> I know, it's like I was thinking, like, at first, like, you wonder if Patrick Moore is, like, kind of taking the piss a little there, since baseball's existed since, like, the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> but then he says, it's like America's version of rounders, <laughs> and you know he's just taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Specifically at Americans. Fuck baseball. Baseball's rubbish. <laughs> Sorry. It just is. <laughs> So the challenge itself is both players have to score as many points as possible. They have one innings each. As soon as a player is struck out, the innings is over. Fairly straightforward. Though it's weird because the game in question is never actually named. It isn't, The games it? master never says it. Dominic Diamond never directly says what it is. He only refers to it as Neo Geo Baseball, and I realised that's not a game. Yeah, I thought I'd missed something. Yeah, first of all, I just wrote down Neo Geo, and then I like, thought I should probably look up, because I do the thing where I just look up the reviews and stuff, see how it was received. Nothing on Neo Geo Baseball. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'll have a look around, and I worked out it was Baseball Stars Professional, and it was released on the Neo Geo in 1991, following an arcade debut in 1990. Nice. And it received middling reviews on its arcade and Neo Geo releases. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All I could think of was the opening of The Princess Bride because um, the grandson is playing a baseball game on the TV and I was like, oh, well, now I just I really want to watch The Princess Bride. So <laughs> I got distracted momentarily and thought I'd miss the, the name of the game. If all your notes after this is just about The Princess Bride, that would be fair enough because like, <laughs> who, who wants to pay this much attention to baseball? <laughs> But if they'd held off like another year for this challenge, Baseball Stars 2 would have been out and that was a much better game by all accounts. Mm. Like it looked nicer, played better, at least relative to baseball games. <laughs> it just seemed like a good example of a baseball game. So uh, Dominic introduced his challenges as the World Neo Geo Baseball Champion, Emily Cash, and her husband, 1987 Wimbledon Champion, Pat Cash. Now, first of all, before I get to Pat, World Neo Geo Baseball Champion, my fucking ass. (laughs) (laughs) No, fuck off. She was not. That's not a thing that exists. I looked everywhere. There's not a single thing about that being a thing, especially not connected to her. She doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry and she was married to a fucking tennis player. They've done this before, I've noticed, with their Sonic Blast Man, for sure. They made up him being a national champion. Oh, Who yeah. would have a national championship for that game? <laughs> so, it's like they make this shit up a lot. They, they didn't for the kid in the Jimmy White tournament. I know he was definitely a real tournament winner, but they've done this before. They've made up just absolute bullshit credentials for these challenges just to make them look a bit more legitimate against an actual athlete. But why? why do you need to do that? They're married. That's enough of a hook, I feel. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to make her seem like a professional gamer when she's very clearly not. Yeah, because I was expecting her to wipe the floor with him. And then she, well, spoilers, but that's not what happens. And I was like, oh. No, not at all. It's like they just, it feels like they just tried to make her seem like a big deal. So it might even the playing field a little bit. But it makes no sense. This is a fucking baseball game. Yeah. This isn't his wheelhouse at all. No. Like, I'm sure there were tennis games. Well, we've had a tennis game on the show uh, already. Yeah, they've done one before. There's so many tennis games out they could have used. They could have just used the same one again. No one would have noticed. No. It's 100. a tennis game. <laughs> Absolutely would not have noticed <laughs> 
I definitely would, like, even if I'd researched, I would not have remembered <laughs> that detail about it. Who gives a shit? Don't pretend she's a baseball champion just so you can play a baseball game <laughs> with a tennis player. It's so fucking confusing. Just a load of absolute bollocks. <laughs> you just had to swallow all this bullshit when you were a kid. I like, oh, God, wow, I can't believe. Oh, my God, a like, baseball Cash champion. is married to a World Neo Geo baseball champion. Wow. <laughs> I just want to make clear this isn't me knocking Emily Cash. This is more about the producers just shoveling bullshit into kids' laps just to try and make things seem legit. When there's just no need for it. This is this is like a game playing challenge when there's no other competition in this area on television. <laughs> That's enough of a hook yeah. for people to watch. You don't need to like guilt the lily here. It's fine. And that brings us to fucking Pat Cash. <laughs> I'm ready. <sighs> so Pat Cash, as you know, he is a Wimbledon champion. But he is also an absolute anti-vax bellend. Yep. He admitted in an interview to taking ivermectin to protect him from COVID-19. Mm-hmm. The absolute fucking knob. <laughs> you might remember ivermectin. Like, it was like a real big talking point among, like, right-wing COVID skeptic dipshits. <laughs> they, they picked it up for a long time as an alternative to the vaccine. Ivermectin is a horse dewormer. Yep. It's It's horse medicine. Yep. They think... Something designed for horses is better than a vaccine designed for people. Yes, they do. They're fucking idiots. Yes, yes, they are. Because there is no no link at all to efficacy in ivermectin. There just isn't. It's not a thing. But I, I read a quote yeah. where he was just like, yeah, well, I haven't had it yet and I've been taking this ivermectin, so I'm obviously fine. It's like, no, you're just lucky. <laughs> that's, this, yeah. that's, not, that's not causality. <laughs> he said he's been to like some of the like roughest places in the world or something, yeah. like, and he's not caught it. But he's he's a wealthy athlete. He's probably going to places that are taking a lot of precautions to protect dickheads like him. Yep. He's not going to be hanging around in like crowds of people. He's probably very well protected. Yeah, and l- everyone well else around after. him would be wearing a mask or something. Yeah, he's an absolute clueless dick. So did you see? Because I, I did my own little bit of research into their marriage because I wanted to see if Emily was still with him. She is not, thankfully. They got very divorced about 10 years after this episode. Did you see what he said about the financial situation while he was getting divorced? Yes. Yes. You can read this. (laughs) Thank you. So apparently... <laughs> Sorry. Fucking while hell. he was no, while seriously. he was getting divorced, it was obvious divorces are expensive, and he was hard up because apparently, once you're not Wimbledon champion anymore, you don't get money coming in. Even though I'm pretty sure he had all sorts of endorsements and stuff. But anyway, and so whenever he was on hard times, apparently, God would give him the money that he needed to pay the bills. It would just appear miraculously in his account to pay the bills <laughs> I yeah, he, he genuinely said god took over his finances after the divorce yeah to help him and i just i want to know how god gets access to your bank accounts because netwest <laughs> like they're really like into security and stuff they're not just gonna let some deity drop money into your account like without your knowledge I don't. Like, like I don't... is he just getting money off like the mafia or something? Yeah, or... like he's what? he's just got residuals coming in, and he doesn't realise. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Thank you, God. Oh my God. God pays me miraculously yeah. at this time every month a small percentage of some deal I had years ago. Yeah, it'll be just... like some fucking Reebok deal or something yeah. that he's forgotten about because he's been taking horse pills. Yeah, and I, w- I want to make it clear, <laughs> I am absolutely not mocking his faith. That's that's not an issue. You're mocking him saying something fucking stupid. Well, yeah, he's exactly. talking like a nut job. The detachment from reality in both the ivermectin and the God put money in my bank account situation is just 
baffling beyond words. Yeah, most devout Christians don't think God literally handed them money. No. God gives them opportunities. Yes. Things like that. That's, that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, a benevolent it, it God. Them, that... it, they've still got a bit of um, agency in yes. how their life turns out. He's just saying God gave him deposits. Yeah. He just Absolutely. he got an allowance from God for a bit while he was hard up. Yeah, why why is God not helping anyone else out? I've yeah. got a mortgage to pay. Fucking hell, come on, God. I know I know I'm the last person God's probably going to listen to. <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, yeah. I've apparently just taken the piss out of, you know, his favourite son next to Jesus. So um, Possibly my favourite. You know, he let Jesus die. Well, he's giving true. Pat He's giving money. Pat he's giving Pat pocket money. <laughs> pocket money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was, I was just sat there staring at the screen like Oh, wow. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently, like, yeah, he, he says he didn't want to get vaccinated because he, he doesn't need to because he's fit. Yep. Like, everyone who's died of COVID just was unhealthy, mm. I guess. If, if only they had the, the foresight to be a professional tennis player. <laughs> fucking cunt. <laughs> fucking asshole. But at least he's not going to so, have any worms. Yeah, he's going to be real clean from those worms. <laughs> <laughs> those horse worms. <laughs> sake. So, back to 1992, Emily and Pat come to the stage. Emily seems pleasant, but dull, I guess. Yeah, she was very 90s, that outfit. Yeah, just a hat for no reason, you know. Yeah, a bomber jacket that looked like it had... You remember those headbands where um, people's names were written on, and it was in that weird kind of icing-looking, like, glittery stuff? Oh my god, yeah. As soon as I saw her jacket, that's what it reminded me of, and I was like, oh... We're in the like the nineties <sighs> fashion zone now. Proper nineties shite. Yes. Like, <laughs> real tat, like that people thought was cool somehow. Yep. And then Pat he, Pat was coming across more like an affable dumbass <laughs> than the complete raisin cake here. Like <laughs> something must have happened to him in the preceding ten years to like completely cake. break his brain. <laughs> He does have, like, major dumb jock energy. He just laughed. Like, I can't remember what... I think Emily said she was going to pulverise him or something. He went... <laughs> it's like, oh, Pat, you're a bit dim, aren't you, mate? <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> so these two giants of their field are going to be playing baseball together. Isn't that fun? Tim Boone from Computer and Video Games magazine was in commentary. Given they only had one innings each, he said... They couldn't play the long game. Both sides needed to pitch well, and when they were on the bat, they needed to hit as many home runs as they could. If there are no runs, it was going to go to the number of hits determined, so you needed to connect as well. So that's, that's a lot of pressure, but don't worry. Emily is a Neo Geo World <laughs> Baseball champion. She's got this, I'm sure. <laughs> so the challenge begins, and I am not doing a play-by-play of this because it's fucking baseball. It's really boring. I it's thought so the Jimmy White sneaker dull. challenge was boring, but... Oh, oh it's so God. much worse than Jimmy White. Yeah, at least that had some technique involved. And had colours. Yeah. There were things that you could latch onto. Oh, there's a pink. That's fun. This <laughs> is just like, oh, God. It is. Even for, like, it's a Neo Geo game, but it looks so dull and washed so out. So like, dull. Just really drab. Yeah, I know it's baseball, but, I mean, the sequel is really nice and colourful. And this, is, you need something to engage your brain, because baseball's not going to do it. <laughs> There's a Simpsons gag, I remember, where Homer is like off the booze and he goes to see a baseball game completely sober <laughs> and he cannot believe how boring the game is. <laughs> and it's such a perfect... Yes, it is. It's so boring. Nobody who likes baseball has ever watched it without a beer in their hands. 
You see, I, I feel like I can't talk because I really love cricket and a lot of people say the same things about cricket. But whenever I've seen baseball talked about by people or, you know, seen scenes of baseball in films and stuff, it looks like it's just a big party that someone is happening to play sport at. Like, I, I feel like it's more about the event than the actual sport, which would make sense because based on this game, the sport is really dull. And I like I have a lot of you know residual trauma from playing rounders at school, so I don't think that helped either. Oof. So in summary, Emily is all all over the place with her pitching. Uh, sometimes she's on point, sometimes she's just hitting it right down towards Pat with the bat. She had no idea how to catch the ball in the field. Was not the makings of a world champion, no. I don't feel. No. And Pat was swinging wildly with no rhyme or reason. <laughs> Yet somehow he managed to get five runs and six hits. That's how much Emily was feeding to him, apparently. Like, this useless cunt was managing to do okay. <laughs> Although, on commentary, they didn't seem to feel like that was a particularly good score. No. But, but then at the end, they were like, oh, it's going to be tough for her to beat. And I was like, I'm very confused yeah. as to whether this is good or not now. <laughs> yeah, I think once they realised Emily was worse than they thought, <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought she was going to at least be competent, but no. Bless her. She just, she ate absolute shit when she was on the bat. Yep. Every time she hit it, she was it was going right in Pat's hands. But he started to make a mess of the field work for, after a while. I don't know whether he was just taking pity on her or if he just forgot what he was doing. It's hard to tell with Pat Cash, apparently. <laughs> like the final hit, Emily hits it right across the field. It's not quite a home run, but it's right at the end. She had two runners approaching the same base at some point, and by the time Pat got off his ass and remembered to actually throw the ball, because he'd keep passing to somebody and then like just holding it, like no, keep passing, you fucking idiot. That's not how this works. He didn't know how baseball worked, but you know he's a tennis player. That's fair <laughs> enough. He's not the world Neo Geo baseball champion <laughs> like Emily. But even then, he still managed to get it to a base and he missed one of the runners, but he caught one of the others out and Emily was eliminated with zero runs. Yeah. Wow, Pat beat the world Neo Geo baseball champion, guys. <laughs> Can you believe it? No. It must be all the horse medicine he's been taking. It's <laughs> all the lack of worms. It's made him aerodynamic. Yeah, God, God helped him out. God bought him a Neo Geo <laughs> so he had time to practice. God put those runs in his account. <laughs> After that shocking upset, Emily makes the excuse for losing. It's it's quite a... It's definitely not something I feel like a professional gamer would say as an excuse <laughs> for losing. She said her girls were too distracted by the other team. Yeah, I, I, I was on Emily's side up until that comment. I was like, Emily, very, you're doing us dirty. Very pandering. Mm, yes. Yeah. I know you don't know what you're talking about, but you've played the game. You could have made something up. You yeah. could have said, you, you just played the better game or I was unlucky. It's like, no, I'm just going to... It's going to throw women under the bus. It's like Pat tries to spare her feelings and said she let him win, but she didn't, Pat. She was no, just rubbish. No. <laughs> there was no way verifiably shit but if you'd taken less horse medicine maybe you'd realise that <laughs> fucking dickhead after that terrible fucking waste of everybody's time Dominic says he needs some time to recover from what he calls a hectic encounter which it isn't it was baseball it's like yeah. the dullest sport on earth hectic is doing than, a lot of yeah. heavy lifting in that sentence so is it the dullest sport on earth or is golf worse I'm trying to think I think golf is worse 
like at least you can watch baseball with a beer in your hand and the hot dogs are good. Like golf, you're yeah. just in a field watching men hit things around a field. And occasionally women when they let them in. And there are more entertaining baseball movies than golf movies, I think, Absolutely. other than Happy Gilmore. I think Happy Gilmore is the only good golf movie I can think of. I mean, baseball movies have Bull Durham, so that kind of wins everything, I think. Yeah. yeah. I even like Moneyball and that had lots of maths in it. And like Baseball and maths and somehow they made me <laughs> like it, you know, you fucking... That's magic. It is magic. Come on now. <laughs> Field of so Dreams. T- sorry. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. Yeah. Baseball wins. If we come up with any other good baseball movies, we will yeah. bring them up later in the show. <laughs> <laughs> or any other good golf movies. I can't think of any though. I don't There's Tin Cup, happen. but yeah, I, I I don't like. I prefer. Bold I wouldn't Durham. put it on the level. No. Yeah. No. But yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Baseball has better movies. Let's go with that. Baseball has the better movies. It's official. It's a one-up pod stance. <laughs> so at this point, Dominic throws to the games master in the consultation zone. We're back here again. So before we get into this, I discovered something shocking in the oral history. Oh. At the very least, it shocked me and Chip. It may not shock you. We'll find out. <laughs> the book confirmed, and, and strap yourself in, that none of these kids actually had problems with these games. It, it, the whole section is a big fraud. What? The production team chooses the games... And then they found kids to read the lines for them. That actually explains a lot about the delivery of said lines. It's a very mixed bag. You get some kids that are clearly very like. I've no. I noted one kid like a, a, a very early episode. They sounded like they'd had like stage experience. <laughs> and then there's other kids who are just like they just got pushed on by the parents. Obviously at this point. Yeah. You know. Wow. Chip was very upset because it's his favorite section every week. Oh. Oh, poor Chip. <laughs> so Dominic Diamond said it's his least favourite part of the show because he said it's the only part that wasn't remotely genuine. Like, Ugh. obviously lying about people being video gaming champions is not <laughs> necessarily genuine, but they're actually on the show playing the game, yeah. actually. So there's some element of authenticity to the experience, whereas this was all bullshit made up by the producers. That's so bad. Yeah, and I, I want to formally apologise to all the kids I've made yeah. fun of on this show so far. Same. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I just thought they were all shit idiots, but they're, <laughs> they're completely innocent. They're just not very good at reading lines, some of them. It's, that's which isn't their fault. <sighs> I am yes. shook. I did wonder if the decision to use lots of uh, largely awkward and uncomfortable kids with <laughs> like limited <laughs> screen charisma was just part of the way to make it feel authentic, like the kids did. They didn't want to come on camera, but they needed to come on. They, they did so much help with fucking yeah. Mega Man or something. I think we definitely need to apologise to the, the Spider-Man guy who we insulted oh God, for yeah. not knowing how forklifts work. Yeah, you completely innocent. Yeah, like, sorry, I'm dude. I'm very sorry. It's, I, I, wow. I did feel bad. There's, there's a lot of kids I've ragged on unnecessarily when I could have just made fun of their weird clothing. <laughs> So first out, there's the first lying child, <laughs> I'll put it. <laughs> it's a, it a very blunt sounding lad in baggy clothing. The clothes is all I've got now. This is all I can make fun of. <laughs> I did know it but was he, a very 90s episode in terms of the fashion. Oh like God, it really that. felt like it was, it was, you know, two stops away from being a Tammy Girl catalogue. Oh God, it was, yeah. Some of these, some of these episodes have some real shocking outfits. Uh, <laughs> so he, uh, this lad needs help with Link, the second Legend of Zelda game. He needs help finding the magic key in the hidden town. Like the last two episodes, we've had the first Zelda game pop up and each time the solution has been obtuse as fuck. <laughs> this is also baffling as a solution. 
Yep. It's like Games Master's always acting like these are really obvious solutions. Like, oh, why didn't you just try this? Like, because nobody's got that kind of brain, <laughs> Games Master. He, call, he actually calls this kid an audacious young urchin. Yes, I liked that, though. That was quite it funny. It was an inventive did, insult. It seems like an ad-lib as well. That does seem like something Sir Patrick Moore would call <laughs> yeah. somebody. So the solution is to go to the far right of the town and cast a spell, and then a door magically appears. And just fuck off, Zelda. <laughs> They keep doing this stuff, stuff that does, you would not think to do. There's no reason for it. Like, How is that remotely obvious? It's not, Like, even without the context of the game. I wrote it down and was just like, this is the most ridiculous sentence I've ever written. <laughs> it's so stupid. The next child that needed help was a young girl. She wanted help finding a hidden room in Alex Kid or Alex the Kid. Alex the Kid. I wrote Alex the Kid without thinking and I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, I did first. <laughs> That's for you, Chip. You're with us in memory. No, you're not dead. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Sorry, Chip. We love you, Chip. <laughs> so I generally thought this tip had been done before. Me too. It's actually, it was a different Alex Kidd game. Right. This was the Alex Kidd game on the Mega Drive, whereas the previous one was the Master System uh, version. Okay, yeah, that it's just the, it. It's the same fucking solution to a different problem. Yeah. So Sega are repeating ideas. God damn it, Sega. Which is possibly more annoying than Zelda, like Nintendo just coming up with the most nonsensical shit for the Zelda games. <laughs> but yeah, so you, the solution is just jumping on the floor and breaking the blocks. I've definitely seen that before in yeah. an Alex Kidd game. It's happened. Maybe more than once at this point, I don't know. <laughs> there's so many episodes. So far. Actually, there's only been eight episodes. <laughs> I was going to so say, <laughs> we're not even in the second series yet. Series two is, so, is insanely long. I'm going to <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so next up was a lad looking for help with Escape from the Planet of the Robot Monsters. Never heard of this game. No, but I want to know everything about it based on that title alone. It just doesn't sound like a real game to me. No. It sounds like a fake game that someone would come up with for a sitcom <laughs> where you'd never see the screen, but you'd hear like level two. Yeah. <laughs> that, it just doesn't sound real to me. I was fascinated by it. Yeah. Like, I didn't, not enough to look it up, but like, I just. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, only up to a point. But yeah, the title, I was like, that's a good title. Yeah, I don't feel like I'll play it because the solution to this problem, avoiding the robot dinosaur, just sounded fucking annoying to me. Because yeah. it's another one of those ones that wouldn't, it doesn't make sense. No. It's not something you'd know to do. No. And it led to the Games Master saying you had to wiggle your joystick. So there's that at least. It does feel like that's why the producers chose this game, yes. to be perfectly honest. Yes. Now, now we know, we've seen behind the veil, we know we know their fucking tricks. So yeah, you have to waggle your joystick against the door and drop bombs behind you. And that, he says it makes you slip through the door, but it just looks like you glitch through the door. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that. Like, it looks like that's not supposed to be the solution. <laughs> In, especially with the home computer games, especially with the earlier ones, there's a lot of bugs in there that just kind of became features. Mm. And this feels like one of those. Yeah, for sure. There's just nothing about that encounter that you'd think, yes, I'm just going to walk into the door until I disappear through it, <laughs> and then I'll be okay. Ta-da! So no wonder that poor... I don't know why I'm saying no wonder that poor kid took so long <laughs> to kill. We know that poor kid didn't take from... He's probably never heard of this fucking game like us. <laughs> it's all a fucking sham. Lies. Lies. So at the end of the section, Games Master says, be sure to keep sending in your queries... And that's when it all kind of crystallised in my head. Just like at the end of The Usual Suspect, <laughs> I nearly dropped my cup. I realised, like, they've never told you where to send the queries. Oh, yeah. So how did they get these kids? 
they've never said anything about where you can send in your queries oh for to God. be on consultation zone. Never once. It's a conspiracy. I don't know how I never noticed this before. I just assumed they it was fuck- like via the club, but no, you're right. Yeah. They don't even mention the club. <gasps> no, there's nothing about it. They don't <gasps> men- they don't mention that when they talk about the club. It's just it. It blew my mind, and I was like, oh, my God, I feel like an absolute arsehole. I'm 40 years old. I should be falling for this stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. You're so right. It's, I never noticed that. <sighs> it, it was genuinely a shocking moment. I thought, wait a fucking If there was a camera that existed on me, like in the Truman Show, it would have done, like, a Spielberg zoom yeah. on me. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, that is... That's... Wow. My God. It's, this... The information has... It's tainted every future consultation zone that yeah. we do, I feel. I'm going to have a hard time We'll never trust with again. <laughs> I feel like we might just start skimming through that section really quickly because I don't want to be making fun of kids for how they dress all the time. No, that's going to get old. If it's super 90s how they're dressed, then yes. <laughs> like if they dress like crisscross with the pants backwards, I will go for it. <laughs> I feel I feel betrayed. I, I feel like a fool, to be honest. <laughs> I feel like a real fucking idiot. Wow. Not as big an idiot as Pat Cash, but... Well, but, yeah, you know. I mean, there are there are limits to RDC, at least. That brings us to the final challenge, after all that betrayal and <laughs> heartbreak. Whoa. This was a difficult one to do notes on, because somehow it deflated me even more yeah. than the baseball challenge. Yeah. So it... It's a puzzle screen from Terminator 2. Not not the actual action game Terminator 2, just a puzzle screen that you find while playing Terminator 2. Yeah. Exactly the sort of high-octane thrills <laughs> you want to end a show on. Well, when they said it was Terminator 2, I was like, ooh, that's going to be cool. And then they, yeah, no. they introduced what the actual challenge was, and I was like... Oh, it's like, you, have you seen the film Bring It On? A long time ago, Okay, yes. so there's a bit where they're, they're about to do their dance and everyone stands up and cheers. And then they slowly realise that they've copied their dance from someone else and everyone sits back down really awkwardly. And I feel like that's, <laughs> that was the process I went through with this Terminator 2 challenge of like, oh, yeah, oh, never mind, okay. Yeah, it's it, it's just reminded me of when they ended an episode of a Lemmings challenge. It's just, it's... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, fun, fun stuff to play, not to watch not to someone watch, else do. No. So like, they had to rearrange the Terminator's robot face in the correct order. Like, it's one of those sliding panel puzzles yeah. that are very popular when you were a child. <laughs> and and when you complete the puzzle, Arnie's face will smile, and you have to do it in a hundred seconds. Games Master says, "I hope this will be no problemo for you," and I am a hundred percent convinced he has no idea what he was yeah. referencing there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I am he, with you. He's on that. never seen a single Terminator film in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic, at this point, he says he's going to throw it out to the fluffy congregation. Oh, you! So it's another one of these audience participation challenges. So I heard frothy conversa- congregation. Oh, frothy! Yeah, frothy might make more sense if they were but, really whipped up into a like frenzy. Yeah, but then I also heard fluffy the second time. So, yeah. Yeah, I I heard fluffy both times, but frothy would make sense for Dominic. Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> He has often pointed out how excited the crowd are. Yeah, they they are very excitable. I feel like they're all like preteens hyped up on sugar. Yes, that was my, actually, <laughs> that was my next note when he threw the crowd. I said, like, a crowd of preteen boys raise their hands <laughs> and they do their best, sounding like an adult kind of. Yeah, they try to sound like grown ups when the their voices are probably still cracking. Yeah. <laughs> I need to speak to the manager. 
<laughs> it was still like, and the way it was lit, like you couldn't see any of their faces. No. You saw silhouettes. And burr, 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 burr. It looked like the Buddy Tyler it, video with all the creepy schoolboys. Yes, <laughs> I, my my first thought was like um, the Jew, not the Jew, the audience in a Phoenix Wright game. Yes, so, rubble, 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 rubble. <laughs> gavel. Yeah, that's just for Chip. A quick plug for Chip's Twitch. Join him on usually on Fridays yeah. to. Watching play Phoenix, right? It's always very good. Yep. Doing a lot of plugs in this we episode. We are doing as a well. lot. Well, there's not much to the Games Master episode, so we have to make our own fun. Yeah. <laughs> fairly lightweight on the, the notes. I like. I'm usually pretty extensive on my notes, but like, there's a lot, not a lot to talk about play by play wise. So he chooses um, a kid. It's Martin from Stanwell Middlesex in the commentary pulpit. Tom Watson from Renegade Games is back. He points out this sort of puzzle is pretty popular, but it's very different playing it on a computer screen, which I understand because. On an Amiga, you've got that fiddly fucking joystick. Mm. It's, it's not quite the same as using your fingers and thumbs. So I feel like I feel Martin did he did a pretty good job for a long time. He, like, he got the eye area like he was nailed down. Yeah. He just couldn't quite get the rest in place, so he had to keep moving other pieces out. It's it's that typical problem with this type of puzzle. You feel like you've got made headway, and then you realise. There's a piece that can't move unless you move all the stuff you've already done. Yeah, he nearly had it. All he had to do was like take it left and like move everything round, and then he got it stuck at the bottom again. It was the most infuriating thing to watch for something I just did not care about. I think he got in his own head, and he just really he just made absolute fucking marmalade of Arnie's face by <laughs> the end of the challenge. He looked so close for a long time. Yeah, like there was, most of the face was done. And it just looked like an absolute... It looked like this challenge had just started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he proper picasso did at the end. It just looked like the Terminator after it getting crushed. <laughs> I know it's not the same right film, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you Terminator purists there. Anyway, that was our first actual failure of the episode. Yeah. And just a really lacklustre way to end the yeah. show. It really felt like it was just like farted out at the end. It was like, ugh. <laughs> I would have accepted this kind of challenge as an opening challenge, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I know you want to start exciting, but I feel like you need to end on a high note yeah. more so. Yeah. I, I, and Chevron like, was so cool. Like, you could have let Chevron, like, do the outro. Oh, God, yeah. He would have been great. I feel like maybe, like, they decided Chevron should go first because he just did it so easily. It just, they wanted a bit of tension. Mm. They wanted the clock to be counting down <laughs> at least a little bit close to the finish, where Chevron just nailed it. Yeah. 45 seconds spare. Like maybe they should have given this kid Chevron's 45 seconds. He might have done it. Yeah. an extra 45 seconds. Yeah, they obviously have time to That might have been fair. <laughs> yeah. It's like, instead of, like, just faffing around talking to Emily Cash and Pat Cash, <laughs> the fucking giants of conversation they were. <laughs> so, yeah, I felt bad for Martin, like, but yeah. it was hard to invest in the challenge because it was such a boring challenge yeah watching that kind of stuff it's either frustrating or it's boring like it's never enjoyable to watch someone do this a puzzle was, this one was both i think yeah it was 100 at least like lemmings it wasn't frustrating to watch it just got boring towards the end of the challenge because like you just had to wait for the lemmings to finish yeah but i enjoy lemmings just in general but this was just like oh why why are they doing this why can't you just play let him play a level of terminator 2 yeah that would that would be fun be way more interesting i wanted to see what their thought process was for selecting games mm. for challenges and i noticed in the oral history dave perry noted that there was a lot of trial and error involved in the early days of the show yeah especially series one because they didn't know what sort of games would be best suited to tv because some of the best games in the world just would not work 
as a two minute challenge on TV. Mm. It just, there's no way to make it fit a very narrow like specification. <laughs> and sometimes really shit games would be perfect. Yeah. But I feel like this this episode is like a good example of them picking bad games. Yes. Yeah. Aside from the one at the beginning. Yeah. It was it was rough going. I liked Strider because Chevron nailed it, but I don't feel like it was a great challenge. It, the, the the challenge itself was pretty basic. Oh, to yeah. Get to the end of the level and finish it. There was nothing else there to make add ramp up the challenge. Yeah. Like in a Mario or a Sonic challenge where you have to collect a certain amount of things. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. It's a good game. That was easily the best game they had on the show, but it's it's also very busy. Like, yes, yeah. It's, like, it's very hard to keep track of Strider. I just liked it because Chevron was cool. Yeah. And I was glad he won. <laughs> he was so cool. It was very obvious that it was a difficult challenge because all sorts of shit was going off, but and he nailed it. Yeah. But it, it didn't make for fun viewing, mm. I didn't feel, necessarily. Yeah. Just the, I just enjoyed that he did it. Yeah, I get uh, Yeah, I get what you mean. All the challenges kind of dragged this episode down quite a lot. Yeah, it felt like a very flat episode. Like, compared to... Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, the last episode I was involved in was the Neighbours episode, which was just... Ending on a high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I mean, I was hysterically laughing about that for like a good 15 minutes. But yeah, it just felt like, I don't know, maybe it's because it's getting towards the end of the series, like we're in the latter half. It just felt like a real dip in quality, like it just, yeah, just kind of limped along this episode. That episode seven was really good. Me and Chip had a really good, not just because we were talking about wrestling <laughs> a lot, it's just in general, it was a really good episode, yeah. like a lot of good stuff there. But this had bad challenges, it had Jeremy Daldry and Preston Webb doing <laughs> reviews. It had it was about flight simulators, all the yeah. reviews. We had a fucking anti-vaxxer and his lying wife. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Well, lying. she wasn't. She just, they were lying about she her. She played a Yeah. Like they she they didn't even ask her about that stuff. She just she may not even know they said that yeah. about her, to be honest. She didn't even try and play up the fact that she might have been a world champion. She was clueless. Yeah. Which is why she's married to Pat Cash, I think. I like like I said, she won in the end. She saw the light. Yeah, she she apparently took him for everything he was worth, and then <laughs> God had to step in and help Pat. <sighs> well, at least we learned that about him this episode, you know. We learned a, a lot more about Pat Cash than we probably <laughs> needed to know. Yeah. Yeah, it was that was a it was a heck of an episode, really. We had Earl Grey yeah. in the Tea Watch. Oh, T-Watch, yes. Yeah, T-Watch. We had Earl Grey, which I think we've had before. I can't remember. I've moved to a different notebook, so I need to I need to redo my notes on the, the T-Watch, which I didn't get a chance to do before today. But yeah, I think we've had Earl Grey before because it was Jasmine last week, and we yeah, definitely have Jasmine before. Yeah, I feel like when we finish Series 1, we can do a recap of stuff like this and we will go through all the teas yeah. that you mentioned and how many times. It's not going to interest anybody, but I like using the Antiques Roadshow music <laughs> in the background to tea watch. So we're going to drag what? that. Out as much as we we can. can do like a thread on Twitter, like evaluating all the teas he drank. Yeah, because I know nothing about tea. Yeah. So I'm going to have to throw to somebody else for I that. I can do that. Nice. <laughs> Our resident tea expert. I, I've just been like relying on whatever Wikipedia told me about tea for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> well, I'm back now, so. Yay. Yay. I, did, I made no notes on tea watch. I almost forgot it was there i just wrote tea watch down and that was left it <laughs> no don't worry like that was the very last note i made was tea watch oh gray <laughs> nice that's us for games master revisited yet again thank you for joining us uh, i hope you're enjoying the show as much as we are enjoying making it and uh, not necessarily 
watching Games Master, <laughs> but we enjoy doing these nonsense fests. <laughs> so if you enjoyed listening to us, if it's your first time listening to us, you were probably very confused. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram or Twitter at one up pod that is a one upp odd you can follow me on twitter at truly underscore defective uh, becky where can they find you i am on things as becky Greasley. you can also find us online at oneuppod.com which is where i usually post the podcast stuff uh, you can subscribe to us on any of your favorite podcast platforms give us a rating and review on spotify and apple podcasts Please give us nice ones for Apple Podcasts because some asshole gave us a one star. I'm still not over it. Yeah, we're never forgiving that person. Ever. Yeah, ruined our five star. Ever. Everyone who's voted for us on Spotify are absolute diamonds. We've got perfect five. <laughs> but whoever did that on Apple, I'm going to find you. No, I'm not. I'm going to have to cut that out. <laughs> yeah, don't. I've already called them out once before on this show. I'm not going <laughs> to. Anyway, we will be back in two weeks for another episode of Games Master. We've just released our episode on the PlayStation 1 in our mainline series. So check that out if you want some more good old nostalgia. And in the meantime, don't forget to get a life and don't take horse medicine, you fucking idiot. (laughs)